In this episode, I chat with Zach Lewis, third grade teacher in Middletown, Ohio. But being a teacher is only one of the awesome things that you'll learn about Zach in this episode. He talks about being a player, being a coach, being a father, and the impact that taking control of his own health and the impact it's had on all of those areas within his life. This is an awesome episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. Hey, this is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats, and on the episode today, I have Zach Lewis. Zach, where are you at, and what are you up to? I am currently a third grade teacher at Rosa Parks Elementary in Middletown, Ohio. It's is um, it's located kind of between Dayton and Indiana, or Dayton, Indiana, Dayton and uh, Cincinnati, and uh, it's a great spot to be if you are an urban educator and want to see kids succeed. Um, I've been in education now; I think this is my fourteenth year. Uh, so also coach some varsity football now and then and, and just trying to stay busy, man. It's summertime. I'm, I'm hanging out with the kids, going swimming as, as many times a week as we can and uh, try to do field trips uh, with the kids um, every day. So something, something new every day, something new and exciting. What, what drew you to the elementary level as where you would end up teaching? A lot of people ask the same question. They're like, you, you coach varsity football and you teach third grade. That makes zero sense. Um, But actually, I was able, I was given the opportunity to volunteer as a high school student in one of the elementaries in Oak Hill School District. And ever since then, it it just drew me to elementary ed because, I hate to say it, but they don't know they don't like school yet. They still like coming to see their friends. They still like what what the teacher has to say. They're on every word that you say. And if you make it fun and exciting, they, they can't wait to come back. So that intrigues me to be the elementary teacher because sometimes you're their whole world. So if you can make it fun, they want to come back. Unlike high school kids, no matter how fun you make it, they know they don't like to be there. <laughs> um, so I, I really like to do the uh, be with be with the uh, elementary kids and just their, their curiosity and just wanting to be a part of things. Drew me to, to early ed. And when you were doing the the varsity football coaching, were you also teaching elementary? Yeah, absolutely. So what um, was that? What was that transition like? When like the bell rang, you're done at school, and you're done doing third grade kind of chatter, and then all of a sudden you have to change your mindset. What was that like? That transition. It was. I, I try to stay in the coaching mindset at all times because I think teaching is coaching. Uh, just a just a different way of presenting you're you're presenting plays and presenting x's and o's as a coach you're presenting um content as a a teacher so it's kind of the same thing so i'm I'm never out of that mode but the language i use is vastly different um just because i i have to kind of bring it down to third grade level when i'm teaching and then when i get to the high school kids i can just speak freely and and speak um in their terms and they kind of understand too so um it's not too hard and i always had i never coached um where I've taught, uh, just, it's never shaked out that way. I was, I was usually at a charter school, um, either in Dayton or Cincinnati and it never worked out that I was a teacher there. So I kind of had a drive. So during the drive, I could get my mind right. Um, and, you know, go over practice plans and things like that. And it would kind of get me in the mindset of moving on and, and getting into the, the new, the next role for the day. Do you see yourself getting back into coaching or 
one day I do. Um, I really, I was, I'm really passionate about coaching. Um, it's one of the things that I, I look forward to. I like to do, but at the same time, I love spending time with my own kids. So it's hard for me to pour into somebody else's students sometimes or kids after my work day, just because I personally miss my kids so much that I want to be at home with them. Um, so as of right now, I'd rather be at home coaching, teaching my kids, you know, uh, the way of life, uh, than, than actually X's nose of coaching, um, at a high school, but hopefully, you know, as Parker and Rory get older, um, I can jump back into it and, and kind of coach their sports and kind of be a part of what they're doing. That the balancing act. And I think coaches go through this all the time at every level is that balancing act of how much you pour into your own kids versus your other kids. Um, Absolutely. Within the, even with the teaching, I know you kind of, like you were talking about earlier, you're a positive impact on these uh, young children. And I think for a lot of them, even just that male presence, which I think is cool too. What's it like? Cause most people stereotypically think elementary teachers are female. So what kind of, what do you, I guess, pressures or what do you feel like you have to kind of be as a, as a male in that situation? I, I think it's, it's twofold. One is a male in the, in the role. Um, you are kind of, not kind of, you are some of these students only male figure. So I place myself on, on that level to where I don't want to mess to where um, I would um, be, it's hard to say, like, uh, I don't, I don't want to be a negative influence at any time. So I want to always make sure I watch my words. I want to always make sure um, they see me in control. They see me doing things that I feel that other men should do. So they know how to act in certain situations. When I do mess up, because I mess up a lot, I tell them, you know, I flat out say, hey, I made a mistake here. I shouldn't have done this. And I explain to them, we're all human. Mr. Lewis tries to, you know, hold himself to a new standard, a better standard. And I fell short of that. And I explained that to them. And they kind of see me as a regular person when I do that um, and kind of explain to them why I acted the way I did or whatever happened. Maybe I raised my voice. Maybe I, I yelled at a kid in front of the class or whatever. Um, and I, you know, I let them know, I'm sorry. And I don't think enough, enough teachers do that male or female. I, I think that um, more teachers need to be empathetic about, about their students and say, Hey, I messed up. They need to see us as humans. And I think as my students do that as a male figure, they, they can see that, Hey, it's okay to show emotion. It's okay to say sorry. And things like that as a male teacher, I think is really important to show your kids. Is um, teaching, is that something, or even the coaching side, something that you wanted to do when you were growing up? Or what was kind of the impetus that at some point, do you kind of remember like, oh, I think I'd like to go into this. This would be cool. Yeah, ever since my time at Muskingum College, my freshman year, they threw us right into a classroom. And one of our early ed classes, it was, it was way early. And just from being with those students and seeing light bulbs turn on and seeing how cur curious these kids are, it was at that point freshman year, I knew that, okay, elementary ed is going to be my route. Um, that I was, I was told several times, Hey, I know you want to coach varsity football. Probably don't want to teach, you know, early ed. And I was like, yeah, early ed is where it's at for me. So uh, just early on at Muskingum, they, they threw us into the, into the fire and, and kind of showed us what it was going to be like. And I, and I just ran with it. 
Did you have the experience of doing middle school and high school as well at that time? Uh, no, I did not. I actually did not uh, opt to take a middle school or high school. I think just because um, I thought, um, you know, high school, it was a different animal. And I just, I just had so much experience with elementary eds since freshman year, I didn't even consider it. That's awesome. I think the cool thing about it was it kind of just, you knew the spark and it was there. Um, And so when you're dealing with these third graders, what are some of the things that you bring to the classroom that you try to incorporate that kind of keeps their attention span and keeps them locked in that, um, that you feel leads to success in the classroom? The biggest thing, it's going to sound funny, but I learned it from my, my twin brother, Jay, that enthusiasm is contagious. So if you are enthusiastic about what you're teaching, you're happy about what you're teaching, those kids are going to be happy about learning it. They're going to be happy about being in your classroom. And I think that's the most important thing for students is to feel happy, feel, feel loved, feel cared about. And as long as you're, you know, you're energetic, you're enthusiastic about what you're doing. I think it's, it's just like coaching and they're going to grasp onto it and they're going to, they're going to really run with it. I know from, cause I follow you on social media and I see that you are really big on like getting the kids active out of their seats and, and what have you, what, what's kind of the thought press behind all that? Um, well, I, I lost, um, around a hundred pounds, uh, through CrossFit. Um, I, I did, I was able to do a, um, uh, a piece for CrossFit. They followed me around, uh, during a level one certification and threw that on the internet. Um, but I feel that in my position as an educator, I can help students rec- reclaim their health almost because where we teach, there's not a lot of talk about healthy eating, healthy lifestyle and things like that. So I really want to show that to my students because they don't get it at home either because their parents don't know, or they just, they're just too busy to figure it out. And I really want to bring that to, to the classroom um, and I really, this year is going to be a new thing that, that I start is exercising in the classroom. Um, every morning, we're going to start off with some sort of exercise. It's going to be a 10 minute um, in and out kind of thing. But since ever since COVID, they're used to bringing water bottles. So we're going to work out. And my, my thing used to be, okay, they get tired and need to get drinks. It takes too long. Now we're all going to have water bottles. So <laughs> it's not going to take too long. They can get their own drink out of their water bottle. And I'm really excited just to teach them to move. Um, I plan on being in this, in, in the new building in, in Rosa parks, we're working on challenge based learning. And, and one of my things is going to be health and fitness. What is it to you? And I'm going to bring that to the table. We're going to introduce new foods on Fridays. We're going to try to pair with, with different people in our community to try to teach these students how to live healthy, how to be healthy. Um, and it's just one of those things that I was, I was a hundred pounds overweight. I still am working on it. I was 400 pounds almost. Um, and the amount of life that you can bring back to yourself and be able to move and be able to be free is amazing. And I just want other students to know what it's like to be, be healthy. The first thing I think of is like, impressed that you've been able to lose 100 pounds so congratulations on that and it sounds like you're still working at it the cool thing that i love about everything that you're saying is like whatever you're doing with your life you're trying to share that with with younger impact like you said they soak they're like sponges right now they soak it up so if you can impact a kid that 
Now all of a sudden they start eating fruits and vegetables each day when they get home or, um, you know, get caught up into some of the healthier smoothies or whatever it is that you guys bring in. Um, I think it's cool. Cause like you said, and I know just from being in the district and having kids in the district and stuff, there is, it's really hard sometimes for kids to know what's even beyond their four, you know, their four house block uh, yes. or neighborhood. So they need people like you making that positive impact. And I think the cool thing is for them is like you talked about earlier about making a mistake and owning up to it. The fact that you could say, look, I could have been healthier and I'm making a change. So you can change it at any time. And I'm an actual role mo like model of what could occur. Um, so I think that's really awesome on your part. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I try to show the students too, instead of just telling them, hey, you know, this is what I did. I show them the YouTube video. So before I didn't have that impact to where they could see me before and see me now um, and see kind of what I'm doing now. Now they get to see the video and they're like, oh, he's, he's right. He, it, it did happen. He, he does do that. So it's cool just to be able to show them. And, and, you know, they're all about the YouTube right now. So anything they see on YouTube is is golden. Yeah. I was going to say, too, that gives it um, some like like reality to it. It's yeah. not like, oh, he's just saying we need to drink water, lots of water every day or we need to be, get exercise for 60 minutes a day. It's like, no. I've literally been going through it. I know just like I said, from the social media, you post, you know, things of your workouts. Um, I know even with your kids, you're active, you try to get them active and out and about. Was, is, was that one of the impetus was when you started having the little ones, your, like your own, that you were like, dude, I got to change some things? Yeah, actually, right before I, I had, uh, we had Parker, I tore both patella tendons off my kneecaps at the same time oh, and spent eight months in a hospital bed. So, I missed a lot of things physically with Parker, like, you know, all dads want to teach their kid how to ride the bike and be the one running next to him. And I couldn't do that because my knees were so messed up. And then I gained so much weight. I couldn't move after that either. So just being able to um, get back into it with the kids and, and, and now I'm able to go play. I'm able to run now. I'm able to do all these different things before I just, I couldn't. And that, that's the reason, I, one of the reasons that I've lost the weight is because I want to be able to be there for my kids. If they need to be carried out of a house, if they need, you know, whatever they need, I want to be able to do it. And there was a point in my life right before I had them, I, I couldn't save myself. Um, so that's kind of the mentality I bring in the workouts is I, I have to be able to save my, myself and my family and losing the weight was, was part of that. Did, now, back in the day, when it comes to football and what have you, did you play um, at Muskegon? Yeah, I played at Muskegon for three years. Uh, I was a right tackle. Uh, it was one of the best experiences of my life. It was really fun. Um, I got hurt my senior year. I tore my MCL um, three years in a row. And then senior year, my dad's like, hey, look, <laughs> I know you really like this, but we're not in the – we're not going to be able to repair a fourth MCL. So yeah. let's let's slow that down. So – uh, it, it is what it is. I, I coached uh, with the varsity team um, at Muskegon, learned a lot about coaching then, and then uh, took that on uh, when I graduated. What was the what was it about the college experience that you that you fell in love with? Um, just being um, away from home and having to grow up, um, having to actually know you know your own schedule without somebody telling you, hey, this is where you got to be. 
and just being able to complete things on my own instead of, you know, in high school is always like my mom or dad reminded me, Hey, you got to do this or that. You got to get this done. And in college, it wasn't, it wasn't about that. It was all about you and, and how you could get it done. And if you weren't getting it done, you weren't, you weren't going to graduate. So I kind of put that on my shoulders to be able to, to get things done and, and be able to uh, realize it was all about my choices and what I was going to do. Did you feel like you were ready for that transition or was it kind of a bumpy road? Cause I mean, I have kids now, you know, they're like, I want to go play college soccer. And I could have to tell them like, dude, it's a grind. Like what was that kind of transition when you made from high school to the, to the college ranks? Physically it was, it wasn't that different because uh, we played under coach Sheehan and his staff that had a different aspect back then. Of, we were working out constantly. We weren't taking days off. We were, you know, they would meet us in the hallway. We'd be doing these these speed drills called dots. Um, I remember uh, fondly of Coach Willard's. He, we were in eighth grade and going to be ninth graders, and he'd call us down the hallway before before one of our classes. Need to have these dots outside of our outside of our our classroom, and we'd have to do them before we went to class. It was terrible, but <laughs> doing that kind of stuff just prepared us for college. Just physically to be able to do it now mentally it was a different different story with class um I wasn't really ready for it that way I didn't really understand that I was going to have to study and put in time put in effort to be able to pass I just thought I was just going to be like oh here I am let's go um just like high school it was it was vastly different so in that aspect uh school wise um just putting my nose to the grindstone that way was was a big wake-up call my freshman year the one thing too that I just heard was talking about uh, the coach with the dots outside his room. Um, have coaches like him and others? I'm assuming there's some at Muskegon as well. Have they had that impact that now you've seen what they've done with you that you can now start doing with like your own classroom, your own children, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. Co- coach Willard's, um, Coach Everhart was there when we were. Um, when, when we were at Oak Hills and, and Coach Sheehan and Coach Flick, they're all there. And I try to model a lot of myself after a lot of different coaches. I take and, and steal pieces of them and put kind of put them in my in my own way. Uh, coach Flick, he was our line coach, Coach Flickinger, and, and it was never a day he didn't have time for us. If we needed something, he'd make sure he'd, he'd make the time before or after practice, uh, whenever we had to talk to him. So I, I take that from him. Uh, Coach Willards was a guy that always had us working as hard as possible, doing everything we could. So I always take that that piece from him. So with my students, that's that's where I get the workout thing from. Is Coach Willards? He, he'd always have us do it no matter what, and that's just um, kind of like a discipline thing, and it and it really helped me out. And then Coach Sheehan, if you if you ever get a chance to meet this guy, you should go meet him. You should have him on a podcast. You should figure it out to talk to him. He is the, he could motivate uh, a, a light pole outside. He, <laughs> he was one of the guys that he would say something, we'd run through the wall. We couldn't wait to play for him. Uh, so those, those coaches were always able, I was always able to pick things from them. And then even my dad, he wasn't, he wasn't one of my coaches, but he always showed us what hard work work looked like. He, he always showed us, um, you know, waking up in the morning, going to work, uh, he, he'd referee. So he would referee on Saturdays before our games, he'd meet us at our games. And, and just seeing that just made us realize, you know, we had to work hard. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And then those coaches 
I took those pieces from them um, and then instill those into my students. And hopefully one day one, one of them comes back and tells me, hey, you know, your enthusiasm made me do whatever. And, and that's just what I hope. And, and I, I've reached out to these coaches and told them kind of the impact they've had on me. And, and, it, and it's just it's just nice. I just want them to know uh, how I feel and things like that. I think the cool thing is, like, even as you went through, like you said, I don't want to coach just like Coach Sheehan or whatever. It's kind of picked and like Willard, yeah. et cetera. It's kind of cool that you've picked things like I really like this, I really like that um, on there. Was there, was there, let's go the opposite direction. What were some things maybe, and you don't have to be specific about people, but what were some things that you went through that you're like, man, I just didn't really enjoy that experience when it came to athletics? Um, the biggest thing was like, there's always a coach that wanted us to play one sport, like focus on that sport. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing I never, ever want to have anywhere in my vocabulary is one sport is just because students need to be well-rounded. And that's not only in education and culturally and whatever, but they need to reach out and play other things. And, and the, just that's the only thing I think that bothered me during my, my playing years is, uh, there's always one or two that always say, Hey, you got to pick. Um, and instead of picking, um, I think everybody should play everything. I think the cool thing too, is like, when you say that, I think about your classroom, you're talking about exercising and health and then on top of curriculum and all that kind of stuff, which is something else I've caught on to is um, so many teachers, I think get so caught up in, well, I've got to get through these standards and I have to get through this and you clearly see them as a whole person um, if they're an athlete or if they're a student or even as your children, like they're going to be good at some things and need to work on other things. And I think that's like a cool holistic look um, on things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's changed through the years. I wasn't like that all the time. I mean, my, my beginning years, it was all about what I wanted them to do, how I wanted them to sit. And it was just like Georgian kind of things. And, and now I've, I've learned that I don't care if they're sitting down, standing up or laying down while I teach. As long as they're getting the information, I don't care how they're getting it, as long as they're getting it. And that's kind of the fun thing about class is have them learn the way they want to learn. If they want to learn on the ground, let them learn on the ground. There's no, there's no playbook of how they're going to learn. You got to meet them where they are, not where you want them. uh, Or you're going to have a heck of a year if you don't meet them where they are. So I just like to do that for them and, 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 and be able to be that understanding of, Hey, I, I have ADHD myself. I can't sit for longer than 15 minutes and pay attention. How am I going to expect these third graders, second graders to pay attention that long? So just getting up and moving around is one of the biggest things we can do in education. I think. I, I, I love it. Cause it's again, like another example of like, I'm living it. I've been there. I know the other thing I, I liked about your comment was when I started out, I did it this way. And I realized it wasn't getting what I, it wasn't true to you, I think is maybe a way of saying it. And you were able to say, look, I'm going to try it my own way. And if kids learn, if they enjoy being in my class. And like you said, even the impact, that's what people always ask me about like, hey, how was your season? All this type of stuff. I'm like, I don't know, ask me in like five, 10 years when I see these guys. And I'll tell you when they're doing positive things in the community, they're married, they have kids and all that. So like you said, when that kid graduates and says, hey, Mr. Lewis, you made a huge impact on me all the way back at Rosa Parks in third grade um, type of thing, which again, it goes back to your like being able to say, I don't know what I'm doing perfectly and being able to like say, it's not working and to try something different, which I think is awesome. 
Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the the things about education. You know, we always don't have the right answer. Yeah, we're up there. We're teaching. We're supposed to have the right answer. We're supposed to know exactly how this is going to go, and we planned it, and we have the we have the assessment, we have everything ready, and then it goes sideways. You just have to be ready for it, yeah. and you got to tell them, "Hey, I messed this up. I, I introduced it wrong. I did such and such," because. If not, they're not going to know you're human and they're not going to be able to, to be a part of your classroom in the way that you need them to. So I tell them, just be real with them. You know, there's no sense not to be real, not to have them understand where you're coming from. You mentioned earlier your brother. So I had him on uh, like way at the beginning of this when I opened this podcast up and he talked about Oak Hills football and strength and conditioning and he was awesome and all that type of stuff. What's it like having him uh this like having a brother i think you mentioned a twin which i didn't even know you guys were twins uh I'm the brother what, one. yeah so what's it been like having like he's in the football mix he's you know part of education as well what's that been like as you both have kind of gone through all of this it's really neat to see him kind of grow as as an educator and and a coach at the same time he wasn't always in Cincinnati. He always wasn't local. He was in California for a while and I didn't get to see him and didn't get to do things with him and, and talk to him every day. So now that he's back, he's kind of without knowing he's influenced me a lot through just like with my in- injury and if he would call me and I, you know, I'd be down in the dumps or whatever. And he's enthusiastic about everything. Mm-hmm. So just talking to him and talking things with him and that, that it's not as bad as you think it is um, really helped. And he, you know, he's, his enthusiasm is contagious as, as, you know, talking to him, he's done some things that, you know, he told me about and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. But to see him in action um, is something that I love to see. I, you know, I try to go to those games on Friday nights and be on the sideline and kind of just watch um, and just how he interacts with his players is the same thing how he interacts with his students. He's enthusiastic with them. He, he shows them that he cares, he, he, you know. And I try to model that as well because, I mean, showing the kids that you care is half the battle. And, he, and he, I think he does that day in and day out. And one of the cool things, he, I don't even know if you mentioned it on your podcast, is he's really into special education and special education and PE. And he worked out some deal with um, Bailey Place, which is a um, old folks home. They have a pool and he worked out a deal where he could take his uh, special ed students and get in the pool with them and kind of teach them different things and just give, have them be in the pool to learn how to swim. Uh, some of them just used it to be able to stretch and, and move their body more or, or better in a different way. Um, and that's one of the things he told me about. I was like, man, that sounds really neat. I'll pull off. But man, darn if he didn't, you know, he bust him. He got a bus over to him and a bus over to Bailey Place in Del High. He set something up that I don't think has ever been done at Oak Hills High School. So just the stuff that he does is is amazing. And he doesn't even talk about it just because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to get that recognition. But, um, you know, he works really hard. I was going to say that never came up. Um, and I know he was very focused and everything he kept talking about was very similar to you. It's all about the kids. It was all about his football players. It was all about creating, you know, positive experiences, like long lasting impact. Um, and the cool thing for me, because I know from teaching and you probably know, is that, that you'll get siblings that come through 
and one sibling is completely mm-hmm. different than the other, just in the way that they do about education, about everything, their personality. Um, but I think the cool thing is listening to you and him is you're both, both kind of making the same kind of impact, maybe in a different way. Um, but the stuff you were saying is the same stuff you were just talking about earlier about what you want to have in your classroom with your own children um, and what have you. Is that, you think, is that a testament to your, to your parents or what, where do you think that's come that the two of you seem to have this very positive outlook, enthusiasm, energy? I keep hearing all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's from our parents for sure. Um, just because of the way we were raised is, is we're all, you know, we always try to look at, at the positive point. And, and the biggest thing I think where it comes from is just being, having that bond between us two, that we're always together. We always had somebody to hang out with. Um, it wasn't like, you know, we were two or three years older apart and we had our own friends, our own people. We hung out with the same people and we hung out with each other and just created a bond, uh, that is just, um, you know, you can't really explain it, but we're kind of like two peas in a pod, man. We're, we're the same people, just, uh, just in different places. I think it's really cool too, that he kind of ventured off to the West there yeah. for a bit and then he came back and, and, I think it's one of those, they say, you don't know what you miss until it's gone or whatever. And then absolutely comes back, you're like, dude, having you this close where I can drive 45 minutes and watch you actually do your thing on the sidelines or to catch dinner or probably to see him playing with your kids and all that kind of stuff um, is huge. Let's look forward ahead. What things does Mr. Lewis have in tap for like, what do you have any aspirations, goals, uh, any wild things like that, maybe on your plans? My biggest thing is just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, kind of stay steady uh, with myself physically and, and try to keep heading down the same path as I am now. Um, but I really want to get into the CBL thing, the, the challenge-based learning with Rosa Parks. It's going to be one of the coolest things I think I've done in education. And I just want to build upon that. You know, I've already learned about it. I went to a couple of different seminars, things like that. I had a three-day seminar with it. And the biggest thing is I just want to be the best teacher I can be. And right now it's in challenge-based learning. And that's what I want to do. I want to bring in as much things as I can about challenge-based learning and take it to my students and have them branch out. And I really want to be a classroom that brings in the community. Now that COVID's whatever it is now, I don't even know to say what it is, but be able to bring these people into our classroom. I want to bring athletes into our classroom. I want to bring, uh, government officials into our classroom. I want to bring just anybody I can to get in front of my students that are positive and create a bond with them that they're going to come, you know, the older people, the people in the community will come back and check them out uh, throughout the year. I, I think it's really big. And I, I'm going to actually try to contact you here in a little bit and try to see, Hey, I want your soccer players in my building. I want your soccer players in my classroom, help them with, um, you know, addition, subtraction, whatever they're comfortable with, because right we need the help. And I think uh, athletes coming into our building with their jersey on and talking about, you know, what they're doing outside of the classroom is really big. And we always see those football players. They're always around. Mm-hmm. We don't see a soccer player with their uniform coming to our building much. And I think it'd be pretty sweet for even, you know, once or twice to come in, but something we can work out together that we, we figure it out. I mean, you guys practice right there. We could probably figure something out, but that's one of my big things this year is, is to get, get positive influences in front of my kids as much as possible. 
just to kind of let people know what it is, what exactly is challenge-based learning? Challenge-based learning is um, bringing a question to the table, uh, whatever it is, and the students answer it, whatever, however they want. So most times in education, you the assessment is based on the teacher. The teacher says, okay, you're going to answer these questions and write these essays, and that's how you're going to show me that you know the information. Challenge-based learning takes that and says, you show me what you know any way you know how. You might not be great at writing, but you can film yourself talking about the, about the topic. You can do that. You, can, you, you like to write poems. You can write a poem about the topic and tell me your knowledge that way. You can write a song. You can do anything you want to show me the knowledge to whereas traditional education is sitting down and having to take a test. Well, not many times in your job or my job, we sit down and take a test. It's, we don't do that. We get our information across any way we can. And that's how challenge-based learning um, in my mind is going to be this year is they're going to give me their knowledge the best way they know how, and we're going to go from there. The one thing that popped in my head was the word, or I guess words, problem solving. Yes. So it, it's more of like, here's a, here's an issue we've got. How can we deal with it? Um, and I know just like you brought up YouTube as being golden for the kids. They love that kind of stuff. Like they learn so much from that and TikToks and Instagrams and all this type of stuff. So there's so many different avenues. Um, and we constantly talk about it in our, you know, in our soccer setting is like, Hey, this is here. What are some options to look at? Or what could we do to get out of here? Um, type of things. And I think that's something that's, I hear a lot is kind of like lacking for kids nowadays because they're very like, just tell me what to do. So yes. I think, I think that's going to be what kind of, I guess not to make, not a, use a pun, but what challenges do you expect to have with challenges or challenge based? The learning? biggest challenge I think about challenge based learning is me just learning to <laughs> let go because there's going to be students in kind of all corners of your classroom doing different things where usually in a, in a traditional setting, they're doing the same thing in groups to where this a group over here might be working on a song and a group over here might be working, you know, strictly on paper pencil. So just me letting go and stop. I don't want to think for my students. I want them to problem solve by themselves. So me just stepping back and just listening and becoming an avenue for them to take their, their knowledge a different way, I think is going to be really important. So the biggest challenge is going to be me stepping back, understanding that they can do it. I just got to get out of their way. I think we as coaches or, or teachers always try to keep boundaries. Like you got to be within this kind of yeah. area. So I think I completely appreciate the idea of like, okay. The other fact that is, is being able to kind of coordinate, like there's so many different activities that could possibly be going on um, and to constantly be able to make some positive impact on each group um, as you go. So I think it's really cool. And I'm excited to hear about it. Um, and follow along and see kind of how, how your journey goes. Absolutely. Um, I can't wait with that. Is there any aspirations of getting back into coaching? There is. Um, I just don't know how to do, do it the best way I can to be the best father I can be and the best coach I can be. I don't want to be 50% coach, 50% dad. Um, I don't feel that if I'm away from them, you know, I, I, I used to coach and come home at eight o'clock eat dinner and go to bed and do it all over again. Well, my kids go to bed at eight o'clock. So if I, I'm coming home when they're going to bed, I'm not, 
I'm not being the dad I want to be. Yeah. I want to be there. I want to be around. I'm a hands-on kind of guy. And I don't know if I can step away from that and coach until they're older and hopefully I can coach something they're on. I can volunteer for something that they're doing, but I really, it's, it's hard to step away from them and be away from, from my family that long. It sounds cliche or whatever, but I, I just, I don't know. I do want to coach eventually, but just the thought of not coming home and being with them and being with my, my wife and, and kids is hard to think about right now. And when I was done coaching and, and finally came home for the first time at four thirty, four five o'clock, I was like, Oh my gosh, we got so much time. What can we do? You know, it, it was just different. And, and I don't know if I can go back to that yet, but eventually hopefully I, I feel that I could go back and, and be a positive impact for, for the, for a high school team somewhere along the way. The, the one thing too, that I've heard throughout, it, it seems like family is really important to you. Um, it's been your brother, you've speaking, spoken really highly of your dad, like with his refereeing and just that positive role model. Um, and then now just that, like the realization of Holy smokes, three hours. And some people are like, Oh, it's just three hours. You're like, no, that's like a lifetime. And I get to do that every day now. Um, with my kids, has family been something, has that always been something that's kind of been important for you? Yeah, absolutely. Ever since, um, I can remember family is important and, and being together and, my family, um, you know, my immediate family being Parker and Rory and Alicia, we're always together. We're always trying to do things together. But, you know, my brothers and my sister and my mom and dad, we might not see each other all the time, but we're talking to each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important. And that's where that comes from is, is, you know, I might not see them all the time, but they're always on my mind and that, you know, their, their influences are always with me. Um, so I try to take that and and pour that into my kids too, because I want to be around. I want to be around for what they're doing. It's really important for me. If you had advice to give, like someone's watching now and they're a youth coach, they're like, you know, third grade is seven, eight years old, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, You know, in that kind of six to 10 years old, what type of things do you see in the classroom that you would bring to like a, a, you know, a practice for that age group? My biggest thing is don't take anything too serious. Um, things are going to happen and things are going to go wrong and you just got to be okay with that. You got to let it roll off your back and keep moving. There's going to be a kid that, that has some kind of behavior issue. You can't take it home and feel that it's your fault. You just have to learn to deal with it and learn to, um, kind of put it behind you and put, keep putting your best foot forward, uh, to be able to, you know, reach everybody that you need to. Um, and I'm going to assume that you're going to say that it's not very easy. No, it's not very easy. Um, it's not very easy, but I think um, with not taking everything so serious, it becomes easier. Um, that That's my biggest thing is, is, you know, be enthusiastic about what you're teaching and what you're doing, what you're coaching and not take it so serious that, um, you know, no, no, no third graders winning, winning a uh, scholarship at that particular weekend. Right so keep that in, in mind as you're going forward and keep it fun for everybody. There's no reason to take it serious. I think perspective is always huge. Um, and just kind of priorities, like clearly you've got your priority list is, you know, I've got to take care of myself and my family. And for me, um, my education, I've got an opportunity now to, to make an impact at Rosa parks with this new kind of curriculum setup, which is really cool. Um, 
and the cool thing for me is it seemed you, you kind of evolving. Like you even said, when I started out teaching, I was very like, this you're doing it this way, this way. And now you've gone like, it's a full 180. Now you're like, I don't know what you kids are going to do. Right. <laughs> so right. Here we go. We're going to do it. We'll We're find out how to do it together. Yeah. We'll figure it out, which I think is so cool. Um, Cause I think people always say, as you get older, you get, you know, you mature and you start like, realizing things more important things i think that the thing that's cool for i think some coaches to hear um is that ability like it it was a tough decision to give up coaching but in the long run for you right now it was the right one to do yeah absolutely it, it, it is one of the hardest things that i i've decided but like you said it, it for my family it's the best and what i get to do now is i'm trying to get a student i'll have a student teacher this year and and i kind of take that as my coaching now is when, you know, college students come in to learn. I take that as my chance to coach my, my chance to show them how education can be and how you can be as a teacher and kind of let them mold themselves into the, into a teacher and be able to coach as we go. So that's how I get my coaching in now is uh, have student teachers come in and, and help them out as best I can. That's awesome. That is so cool. Um, Zach, this has been awesome. It's been cool. Cause like, I was excited because you were kind of like a little bit of step back from coaching, but you've had that experience and then just kind of bringing in like, you know, the experience of dealing with uh, youth kids and what have you. And yeah. just that balance, that, that, that struggle of family versus coaching and what have you. Um, if people want to connect with you and kind of follow up and maybe it's with the challenge based, or if it's just a kind of touch base about um, like your health type thing, which I think I'll, when we get off, I'll get the link and we'll throw it up there about the crossfit. Yeah, I think that would cool. be really cool and inspirational uh, for people. And just, I think the awesome thing about this is I think we connect with multiple types of people that might be listening or watching. I think it's really awesome about this, but what's a great way for people to kind of connect and, and follow you. I think the easiest way is, is on Twitter. I think you're going to say, Hey, what's your Twitter handle thing and i'm gonna say i have no idea my phone's and i can't look it up no that's um, all right i'll put it in the in the in the notes yeah you can do that or, or even reach out um and, and and just send me a message and and we can hook up that way um but the easiest thing i think is through twitter or email or whatever so okay uh, however they get a hold of me is great that's awesome i'll put all of that uh info on there zach i've really enjoyed this chat i'm gonna shut it down this is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats with Zach Lewis, and I'm out. Peace. Later.